welcome back to Talking Talmud. I'm Ann Gordon here with my friend Al Chavruta, your Dana Osband, our Daf of the day, Masachet Bavakama, Daf Lamed Aleph, page 31. We have another Mishnah at the top of the Daf. We have another Mishnah at the bottom of the Daf. That one actually goes on to tomorrow's Daf, so we're going to hold it till then. But the it's a short Mishnah with a bit of Gemara and a good amount of commentary from the Rishonim. Shnei Kedarin Shayum Alchin If you have two potters, meaning it was a case of two potters. They're walking, they're carrying their wares, and they're walking one after another, and they're in the public domain. The first one stumbles and falls. And the second one, who's walking apparently behind the first one, stumbles over him, trips over him, and now also falls, right? Um, so it's really a very, um, you know, I say a very narrow case, we have a case where the second, the first guy who fell, you know, poor guy, is now obligated to pay if the second guy had damages from dripping over him. Of course, the challenge here, the difficulty in thinking about this case is that, you know, a minute ago, he wasn't even on the ground. He's on the ground because he himself had his own accident. So it seems kind of unfair to blame him, you know, to hold him accountable. It's not about blame. It's about holding him accountable. So... The Gemara, of course, is going to first kind of address whose opinion does this line up with. He don't say it lines up with Rabbi Meir, meaning Rabbi Meir is the one who would say, somebody who stumbles is in fact negligent and therefore would be obligated to pay, meaning the person who does the stumbling is obligated to pay. But in this case, the Gemara doesn't want, Rabbi Yochanan doesn't want to say that this is like Rabbi Meir, because in this case, even the rabbis, the the majority opinion, who would say that a person who stumbles is, you know, an unfortunate person and not, you know, went beyond his control, the fact that he tripped, let's say, and broke something, whatever, we say he's not going to be liable, according to Rabbanan. In this case, in this case, according to Rabbanan, also he would be considered liable. He has to pay damages to the second guy. Because he could have stood up and he didn't stand up. So I'm again going to raise the time, the time, you know, how much time has passed as a question, right? Because if they're one after the other and, you know, you have, I'm again picturing clowns, you know, who are doing it for humor, but I can imagine a pile up, so to speak. It happens with cars, God forbid, right? Of the one person goes down and the second person kind of stumbles on top of him before there's even a chance for the first guy to get up. So I'm not sure that Rabbi Yochanan presenting the Rabbanan's position here, I wonder, you know, is that really being fair to to blame the first guy for not getting up? So I'm not the only one, right? Rav Nachman Bar Yitzchak Amar, Afilu Tema Rabbi Nachman Bar Yitzchak says, and even if you say he didn't, he didn't stand up, he didn't have the opportunity to stand up, he didn't have the chance to stand up, there wasn't, as I say, enough time, or if he, he, I don't know if he himself was injured. Hayalo Lizaher, below he's here. So this already like sits better, sits better with me, right? He had the opportunity to say, look out, you know, to the guy for, coming after him, and he didn't even say that meaning so that the guy himself, the second guy, could have swerved or, or stopped himself from continuing, right? And then, So, Rabbi Yochanan says, because he didn't have the opportunity, he, even in the case, right, where he didn't have the opportunity to stand up, 
What if he didn't have the opportunity to warn the other person either? Meaning maybe he's busy trying to stand up and he doesn't think to say stop, right? So that's exactly why the Mishnah holds him liable because it has to be that he could have stood up because if he couldn't have stood up and he couldn't have warned and he was, it was a complete case of ones, right? A complete case of, case of like, you know, accidental everything, then the Mishnah wouldn't have held him he wouldn't have been held liable to pay. So it has to be where he is, is where you have your Gemara thumbs. It has to be where he could have done, you know, warning or or moved out of the way, whatever, and he did not. So uh, I'm actually going to stop here. We're going to keep this, you know, our episode short today, but the Gemara goes on, to, of course, to fill this in. What I find fascinating here is that the the interpretation of what the Mishnah must be saying is based on what the Mishnah does say. Right. And and I think it does the Gemara does a very fine job of supporting itself to make a claim that in fact this had to be a case where there was time or opportunity for him to, you know, at least give person number two an opportunity to avoid person number one, or person number one would never have been liable. I, I think I have her title for the episode. I mean, this essentially is kind of like a good Samaritan law, right? You know, what is your obligation towards somebody else? And especially if sort of like something already happened to you. Oh, interesting. I don't think of it this way at all. I mean, sorry, but I, I don't think that it's, I don't think it's on this first guy to help out the second guy. I don't think that's the issue. I think that he's supposed to be not poshea, right? It's to leave himself in the, in the center, in the, in the path where the guy could fall on him. So that's negligence. That's why he's liable to pay. Good Samaritan to me means like he's he's, you know, helping out of the goodness of his heart. This happened to me recently. Nebuch, it shouldn't happen to anybody, but we had a, a blowout, a flat on the highway, and somebody stopped and changed our tire. I don't know the guy's name. He doesn't know my name. He just helped us. It was wonderful. Totally what I think of so when I think I, of good I guess Samaritan. we're saying the same thing, but I'm looking at it kind of like positively. Like, should he have done the proactive thing to prevent it? And you're looking at it more in the negative, which is like, why were you staying in the middle? Like, you should have moved out of the way. Like, you know what I like? I think we are kind of saying the same thing where we're looking at it from two different angles, which is interesting. Um, one of the things that the Gemara does here, though, is it, it wants to have a whole discussion about this idea uh, about the warning of the other person. Right. To somebody. Are you accountable if you didn't, you know, e even if you didn't warn that person? And so they quote a brace here that reads as follows: Toshma, hakidarim v'hazagnin shayu mahalchin ze acharze. So if potters or glassware merchants are walking one behind the other, nitzkalarishon v'nafal, and the first one stumbled and fell, v'nitzkalasheniva rishon, and the second one stumbles over the first, v'hashlishi basheni, and then a third one stumbles over the second, rishon chayav b'nizikasheni. The first one is liable for the damages of the second. And the second one is liable for the damages of the third. But if both the second and third fell because of the first person, then the first person is responsible for the damages of the second and third person. But if they warn one another, then they are not liable. Okay. So in other words, what this brisa is, is basically telling us is, is that each person is liable for the damages of the next, but there's also this clause here that talks about that if you warn the person, then you would be petsor. So the Gemara says, "My lab shalohaya lahen laamod." 
Now, does this talk about a case where they couldn't get up in time, right? Because if they couldn't get up in time, right, the Bryce is still telling us that everybody is Chayab. And so it must be because each person warned the next person. So what we basically see is that you could be held accountable for not warning people after falling. So the Gemara says, Lo, right? The Brisa has to speak of a case where they were never able to get up in time. And because, right, they're liable because he didn't get up, but it's more because that's why it's that's not why he's chayef. He didn't have time to get up in time, but it's because he didn't warn the person, right? When he fell and he couldn't get up, he should have said, hey, watch your step. Hey, watch out or whatever. So the Gemara doesn't like this interpretation of the Brisa. And it says, right? But if you said they weren't able to get up in time, pator, right? The law should be that they're really pator. If so, Atani Sepa, right? So instead, we have this end of this teaching of the end of the Brisa, in his Pator. If they warned one another, that's when they're not Pator. It has nothing to do with whether or not they were able to get up. So the Tana should have taught this distinction, right, between when they're Chayab or not Chayab, between when you're liable and not liable in this case, right? The case of where they didn't warn each other by saying, when is this law? When they were able to get up in time. But if they couldn't get up in time, then they would be Pator. So what they're basically saying is it can't be a case where they couldn't get up in time because the Brisa should have been taught totally differently. The fact that the, that the Brisa teaches a case that seems to be a different case altogether where they gave a warning to show when you're Pator versus the original case where you are Chayab Right. It must mean that it, it even if you had time to get up, it, it, the distinction is whether you had time to get up or didn't have time to get up. The distinction is over whether or not you had time to give a warning. So the Gemara is, you know, basically saying that it's possible that maybe the author of this brace is actually holding that when they didn't have time to get up, they're not Chayab, right? They're Pator. And the reason why the Tana show, chose a different case of the warning is what? Hakamash Malan. This is what he came to teach us. Even though they had time to get up, if they warn one another, they're not liable. So even if it's a case where they had time to get up, as long as they warn each other, that's when they're going to be pator. So from here, what the Gemara is going to do, so it's a very interesting Mishnah, uh, sorry, Brisa. And then they're going to get into another discussion about this Brisa, right? The Brisa basically said that the first person, the first merchant is liable for the damages of the second, the second is liable to the damage for the third. And so Amar Rava, so Rava says about this, Rishon Chayav B'nizikei Sheni, Bein B'nizikei Gufo, Bein B'nizikei Mamono. So the first person is reliable is liable for the second person's damages, whether it's damages to his caused by his body, right? Or caused by his, or caused by his property. Meaning whether the first merchant hurt the second person, either through his body or through his caleb. Okay, um, and uh, you know that either way he's going to be liable. Sheni chayav benizikei shlishi. The second is liable for the third. Benizikei gufo about lo benizikei mamono. Only by damages caused by his body, but not by damages caused by his money, by his property. Okay, and so the Gemara then wants to understand me my nafshik right. How can you understand Rabba's understanding of this? He needs 
right? If you say that the person who stumbles is negligent, then the second one should also be liable, whether the damage is caused by his body or by his property. But if you're going to say that the person who falls is not negligent, then even the second person should also be, uh, even the first person should be Petor. So they're basically going to go through here, and I'm not going to read all of it. I just wanted to pay a little bit of attention. What happens to the next Mishnah is essentially the Gemara is going to go through this teaching of Rabbah and basically try to understand what is it that, how does Rab, what what is this statement that Rabbah is really saying, and how do we really understand Rabbah's interpretation of the Brisa? Because if you read the Brisa, what Rabbah reads into it is really not there. So that's what the rest of the Gemara is going to do here. But I just think it's interesting how Rabbah comes up with a super unique way of understanding this Brisa that's not evident in the words at all. So I'm going to give you, I think, some of what you were saying about the good intent, because I think that the focus on this claim, right, that they need to worry about the time for warning. I'm going back to, you know, earlier in what you said. Um, I think that might actually be the the prod to say you should always be thinking about other people, because I think about it like you you've just fallen. You've dropped your stuff, whatever. Do you have the wherewithal to call out a warning? You if you are accustomed to be always all, to always be thinking about the other people and the needs of the other people and the fact that oh my goodness now somebody if you've just fallen someone else might not, might fall as well then you'll call out that warning so so I'll give it to you there yeah I, I I think that's right there's something about the warning right that that's a piece you should be thinking about somebody else and if you had enough time to right and almost in the way the Gemara is saying like it doesn't make a difference if you got up or didn't get up you should have warned that other person. Well, but that takes okay. a lot. It takes it takes a you have to cultivate the thinking that gets you to the point of automatically warning the other person before you've even stood up yourself, like before right, you've given in yourself a, way, a chance those to think are about it. That are in, they're instinctual in a way, right? Like in other words, you right. fall. Are you instinctual enough to think about the person around you? It's that I think that's what you're pointing at. There's something you have to train yourself. You have to. Train you can't yourself, assume right. that everybody's automatically going to think this way, or that everybody's a good enough person to think this way. But everybody, because again, you could be held liable. Everybody can train themselves to be the person who's going to think about the fact that they're supposed to call a warning. I mean, and do it. Well, that's our DAP discussion for the day. Rank us, review us on all major podcasts. Thank you to Reverend Michelle Farber for hosting us on the Hydra website. Let us know what you thought about this DAP on our Talking Talmud Facebook page. And until tomorrow. Go and learn.